Federal News Network's Open Season Hotline, presented by GEHA. Today's question, is it cheaper for married retirees to enroll in a self-only FEHB plan or a self-plus-one plan? In general, spouses who are both federal annuitants and who have no dependent children can save on premiums by enrolling separately as self-only rather than together as self-plus-one. The premiums for two self-only enrollments are usually less than the self-plus-one premiums, particularly in cases where each spouse prefers a different plan. For example, if no one plan covers each of your favorite physicians. But Consumer's Checkbook warns, be careful. Each person will have to meet a personal catastrophic limit rather than the single limit that applies to self-plus-one. Open enrollment ends today, but we still have our questions and answers online. Check out our Open Season Hotline, head over to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Open Season Hotline, presented by GEHA. The National Archives and Records Administration has caused quite a stir in the records management community when it set deadlines for agencies to digitize their historic permanent records before the end of 2022. That's a big lift for agency records officials who have raised concerns to NARA. The result? NARA says it will revise its guidance so records managers will have a better idea of what to expect from that transition from paper to digital. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has the latest. The Trump administration expects that in the long term, weaning agencies off paper records will mean less money spent on records management and storage costs. But in the short term, agencies still don't have a clear picture of how they're supposed to get there. But NARA officials said updated guidance will soon give agencies a better idea of what to expect from the transition from paper to digital records. Ariane Ravenbach is a supervisory records management policy analyst with NARA's Office of the Chief Records Officer. At a recent FCW event, he said that NARA, together with the Office of Management and Budget, has set some pretty bold goals for records transformation. While this modernization effort will require NARA and agencies to overhaul the way that they do business, Ravenbach said it's a necessary change. In short, it requires us to rethink how we work and what we focus on. This is what I believe our customers expect from us and, frankly, is something we need to do at NARA to maintain our relevance as a national archives. We can no longer overextend ourselves by supporting dual processes for analog and electronic records. We need to focus our resources and attention on making the transition to electronic records. Towards that goal, we have set a clear marker for change, which is often necessary if we, want, if we are to see the change happen. In doing so, it has forced us to explore and innovate in really important areas such as development of sophisticated tools and technologies that take automation to another level. In the months since NARA and OMB released the memo setting these deadlines, NARA officials have gotten feedback and questions from agencies about the rollout, like what agencies are supposed to do with their legacy paper records past December of 2022. That's when agencies will no longer be able to have their own on-premise record centers. Debbie Kramer is the branch chief of the Department of Health and Human Services Records and Data Management. She said that piece about on-premises record centers is a big point of contention for her agency. I don't know how our records officers are supposed to tell OMB, other than the charges that we have for the federal record centers or commercial centers, they don't know how much it costs every day to maintain our permanent records in paper. So to ask them what's going to happen in January when you're going to start storing these files, not on the DVDs, um, not on the thumb drive, but you're going to have to put them somewhere, they don't know how to do that. Robin Bach said that for many agencies, this is going to be a challenge. Some of these challenges do require agencies to sort of rethink their processes, and that's kind of a heavy lift in some agencies, like stepping back and thinking about how they do that. There is momentum in the shared services community, and I think there's opportunities there that the government can realize to make this not a blizzard, but maybe a 
D.C. snow squall where we all get to stay home for three hours or something. Kramer said that at her agency, there's been some confusion about how to even define things like permanent records. So part of the struggle at HHS is, what do you mean when you talk about permanent records? So our CIOs have asked, what are some examples of your permanent records? So our senior agency official for records management, who is one of our assistant secretaries, same thing. He said, well, I don't understand what a permanent record is. So I define that as a record generated at HHS that is owned by the National Archives. And when these conversations happen, Kramer said that some bad habits can come to light. I don't know if our senior officials who have permanent email records, when I tell them, if everything remains the same, your email box, when we deliver it to the National Archives, it's on full display. Oh, but I have, I'm too busy. I have all my personal appointments in my calendar. Mm -hmm. And I have emails from my kids' soccer league in my inbox. Mm -hmm. So, so So the need now, oh, maybe we should follow NARA's guidelines to have records officers, record keepers go into the email boxes and start moving out that data. So it's a challenge for me probably on a daily basis to make sure for all of our stakeholders that we understand again what record keeping is. Kramer said that these conversations highlight that this push to electronic records is going to be a major culture change for HHS. When I talk about electronic files January 1st, I've been asking all of our records officers, well, are you do you know what we're supposed to do January 1st with the permanent records? Yep, we're set. I can walk around. I did it yesterday. We have an office of the secretary. We have 17 assistant secretaries. Those are our permanent officials. They'll have binders at the end of the day, their meetings, or they have their tablets and they're taking notes. Those are their permanent records. So I'm trying to figure out, well, how am I going to get that paper digitized, make sure that I can verify its authenticity, and then put it somewhere in 15 years, send it to the National Archives. So it seems like that that's pretty easy, and I know we'll have the standards, uh, more standards coming out in the spring from NARA What to Do, but it's not easy. And I think our records officers are not IT people, so they're pretty overwhelmed. So it's easier, I don't want to say easier, but the the comfort zone is manage the boxes, manage the boxes, we'll worry about it later. NARA expects to release supplemental guidance in the first quarter of calendar year 2020. That updated guidance would shed more light on what options agencies will have once they shut down their own record centers. But NARA officials, like Chief Records Officer Lawrence Brewer, have also gone around to agency offices and set expectations around milestones in the memo. Here, Kramer outlines what Brewer has in mind. I thought it was pretty interesting that Lawrence says we don't have to go out and spend money on new systems. When we talk about record keeping, we can do it with what we have in place. But it's getting the awareness out is very challenging. Courtney Anderson, the senior electronic records policy analyst at NARA, said that upcoming guidance will also give agencies a better picture of what they'll need to focus on in the coming years. What we heard from federal agencies, we went out and we we often talk with federal agencies, their records officers, um, and what we heard from them is that NARA does a good job of telling agencies what they need to do with the policies that we issue, the guidance documents, all of our bulletins. But agencies really need more help with the how, how to actually manage their electronic records.
Later this fiscal year, NARA will finish its work on use cases that walk agencies through how to manage certain types of records. Anderson said that so far, NARA has released use cases for electronic records, social media messages, and transferring permanent records to NARA. To make the agency acquisition of record-keeping services easier, Anderson said that NARA, through its Federal Electronic Records Modernization Initiative, or FERMI, has partnered with the General Services Administration to move forward on a shared services model for records management. Every agency needs tools to manage their electronic records, so we shouldn't be going out and buying these on our own, but working together through GSA to be able to purchase them at a higher level together. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.